Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. You know what? If leading right is beyond right it's, if it's beneath you if you're not willing to to lean down and and lean into someone then really should you be a leader at all mm-hmm. and so i just find ways to uh, think about the phrase serving leader and now here's your hosts Noah and Bjorn. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 36th episode of The Sweat Room. My name is Noah Corson, alongside my co-host Bjorn Webb. We are so honored and so blessed to have you today with our episode with Darren Gray. Darren is a leader. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's so much in the sports and ministry world. He's an unbelievable guy. We're so honored to have him today. Darren is currently the chief and marketing officer at Athletes in Action. He's also done work with an organization called All Pro Dad with a guy that you may know of as Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy is not only a friend to him, but he's one of his mentors. And he wrote a foreword to his book, The Jersey Effect Beyond the World Championship. Make sure to check out that book. It's a great book and make sure to check out his website at darrengray.com. Really great. But we dive in with Darren today talking about the seven C's of leadership, what it's like to be friends with Tony Dungy. And we hear just stories of how God is just what God is teaching him in this season and so much more. So we're so glad to have you today. And if you're new to our podcast, our motto is get it, got it, give it. We're always in every phase of this, always learning, always teaching, and always applying. We like to say here at the Sweat Room as well, everybody has a story. It's just a little bit different platform. And Darren is a guy that you're going to be like a sponge today. You want to soak in everything that this guy has to say. He's going to say so much, and it's so good. And if you do not have pen and paper or pull over on the side of the road, I know so many of you're doing so many things, whether it's washing dishes, driving the car. I don't know what you're doing, but there's things that he's going to talk about today where I highly encourage you to get pen and paper or get your notes app on your phone and just write some of this down. It's so, so good. So before we dive in, make sure you subscribe or rate and review and maybe share with a friend. And if there's anything that we can do to serve you as the listener better, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear your input of, of the sweat room and how we can make it better for you. And make sure to check out our social media platform platforms at Watermark Sports on Facebook and Instagram and at Twitter it's a little bit different it's at Sweat Room Pod and make sure to check out our amazing blog we have a blog writer who puts out just a blog every week for each episode that we do it's at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog so without further ado here's our episode with Darren Gray we want to welcome to the Sweat Room Darren Gray Darren thanks for joining us today no it's my pleasure to be here guys yeah so Darren I know you're from Indianapolis. Is that correct? I am. So is it true that you rode your bike from Indy to Miami? Tell us a little of that story. How crazy is that? I did. That's wild. <laughs> I was 15 years old and my youth pastor at the time, Rod Stafford was way into long distance biking. He got this crazy idea that the youth group and some other associated youth groups should ride our bikes from Anderson, Indiana to Miami Beach, Florida, to an International Church of God Youth Convention. Wow. And you know what? I trained 3,000 miles for that 1,000-mile trip. Um, I took it really seriously. Uh, uh, raised a lot of money for a charitable cause, but more than anything, at the end of that trip, I met the young woman 
who I would not have otherwise have met, and she is now my wife of 26 years. No wow. way. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> It's a long story, and, and it, it's not so much about sports, but it's about God's providence. Mm. And he, he knit our hearts together. I was 15 years old, guys. Wow. And that who would have thought incredible. that that encounter led to you know, hope, a fruitful marriage and, and all of the things that come with it. So, uh, Leslie Gray, uh, it was pretty cool, man. Wow, that, that's so cool. So, how, so you said that was a 1,000 a thousand miles? Went over a thousand miles. We did it in eleven riding days. So you can wow. do the for the average distance. Hardest state was actually Kentucky. Um, was it just it, like hilly, or why was it hard? Well, you would think that Tennessee would be the hardest because you're going over the summit, uh, you know, the Smoky Mountains. But in reality, it was. Kentucky is just constantly uphill. You would get a little down and then you're back up and then down. And so it was adversity over and over again. With the Smoky Mountains, you just had the one big adverse situation and then you got to coast for, you know, a long ways. Uh, So the mindset to go strong in Kentucky taught me a lot about myself and who it is that I am. And I think it's made me a better man. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that's so cool that you were able to do that at the age of 15. Like uh, props to you. I don't know if I would have been disciplined enough to train and do something like that at 15. Especially at 15. (laughs) And I know as somebody who works in youth ministry and does stuff, I sure as heck would not bring 15 year olds on a trek like that with me (laughs) 11 days traveling. So props to your youth pastor. (laughs) Yeah, I was a young buck. It was from a a different time and a different era. We didn't wear, we didn't even have helmets on, you know, it was one of those things and God just protected us, made a way. And, uh, you know, we were learning and and we didn't have, we stayed in churches along that whole journey. And so we had to go and learn and from, you know, youth pastors all over America on that track and we were sleeping in gymnasiums and I didn't pack my own gear. It it was was a a travel team that packed the gear. So we were, we were a little lighter than, you know, packing it on the back of our bikes, but nonetheless, it was an incredible journey and something that uh, was so uh, important that I ended up doing it again uh, when I was 16. And that year we rode from D.C. to uh, uh, Daytona Beach, which was a shorter trip, but I never rode in the chase vehicle. I 100% of the the miles I pedaled, and I took uh, great pride in that. Wow, very cool. That is so cool. Wow, what a cool story. So, Darren... Could you tell us and our listeners just a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and also if you could tell us a little bit of your faith journey of how you came to know Jesus Christ? Well, that's way more interesting than who, uh, you know, I, what I do, right? My faith story, you know, I, I was a believer as a child. I got saved early. I memorized all my Bible books. I won the, the Bible bowls and all those things growing up, growing up in the church of God. But it wasn't until 1999 at a promise keepers convention at a place that I didn't even really want to go nor intend to be at. But through a series of circumstances, I said, yes to some friends. And I tell you, that was the day that I really fell in love with Jesus. I saw his face. I learned about how it was that I could be a father. I internalized it from, from the head to the heart. 
And boy, that uh, experience really formed a lot of my thinking around a lot of the work I do now, guys, uh, doing uh, sports ministry at scale, a lot of, you know, sort of Super Bowl caliber programming, uh, large events. And uh, that large event captured my heart, captured my spirit. And uh, from that day on, I haven't done it perfectly, uh, but I've done my best to, uh, you know, be accountable, be in men's ministry groups, find ways to plug in uh, to my church and to uh, uh, other ways of uh, being enriched. Because at the end of the day, gang, there's only three things that really matter. My relationship with God, my relationship with the Bible, the word of God, and my relationships with those in and around me, Mm. right And so caring about the souls of men and women in my orbit, who God puts in my pathway, that coupled with the word of God, coupled with God, those are the three things that I key in on and try to find a way uh, each day to make the world a little better place for Christ. Mm, wow, that's powerful. And that's just incredible to hear. And you do a lot of work with guys like Tony Dungy and a lot of different NFL guys. So Ooh. we are a podcast that's based out of Buffalo. So when you think of a leader from the Buffalo Bills, both past and old, who comes to mind and why? Man, this one's easy. The greatest backup quarterback of all time is a legend in Buffalo. Now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, sir. (laughs) Frank Reich. Man, he is uh, the quintessential leader and backup coach. Think about this. And I liken myself uh, uh, to to him in this regard. Leadership from the second chair. Mm. Are you willing to be a leader but not be Right, Jim Kelly, not be the number one guy. And and Frank has developed into uh, uh, the most amazing leader. I've got a chance to spend a good bit of time with him and study his seas of leadership, which I can share with y'all today uh, of what it is that he was teaching us. But he's really begun to develop a theology of sport based on the book of Genesis. He's really thinking deeply about how it is that he shows Growing up in the world as a man of God uh, and using the platform of sport to help touch and connect with other people. But Frank is my hero. And uh, the fact that he called the Philly special, boy, that that uh, with the Eagles made a difference. But I think it was his work uh, at uh, in Buffalo where he really began to learn about these things, the C's, consistency, character, courage, confidence, commitment, compassion. Uh, these are the things that that you know he was teaching the other day that really p- help us think about what is the, the kind of leadership that we want to have, whether we're you know first string or whether we're second or whether we never even hit the playing field. Yeah. And uh, I think Frank's got so much to teach us, and I invite uh, your listeners to tune in and study up on on the career of Frank and what it is that he's accomplished. Wow. Wow, that, that's so good. And I love those those seas of leadership. Could, would you mind um, reciting those seas again for our listeners just so we can remember those? 
Yeah, I will. So he builds it around the seven C's of leadership. He calls it, the, this, this isn't one of the C's, but he said, these are the C's that help you to build the credibility. In other words, your platform can uh, uh, resonate because you're in your calling. And so here's what he said, consistency, character, courage, confidence, Commitment, compassion, and competence. And from those, he framed those C's up as your calling. It's your credible calling. And uh, so there's a lot of C's floating around there, but inside of that, it becomes pretty easy to see how this makes for a compelling, he came back with the eight as he's teaching. Here's a photo of him like right there teaching us, like walking through these. He was writing them up on the board in the training room there at the Colts complex, uh, teaching a group of leaders. And these are the same principles and practices, of course, that he's teaching his team, but we're compelled by that, aren't we? And it gives us a clear idea of how it is that we can live out our calling in a really credible way to help make a difference in the kingdom. Wow. Wow. That, that's so good. And I, I just, I love that so much. And I've, I've heard similar seeds. I don't know if they're all the same. It might be a similar model that our lead pastor here has shared with our staff. Um, yes. And I know he has mentioned whenever he's looking to hire somebody, he always goes through those C's, maybe those seven, maybe some different ones and identifies like, okay, does this person have character? Do they have consistency? Are they confident? Are they competent going through those? And so I challenge our listeners that are, that are listening, that if you're a leader and you're looking to build a team of leaders around you is look for those qualities in the people around you, um, because that can tell you a whole lot about what kind of leader they can be, or they are, um, not only developing your own leadership, but pouring into others as well. So that's, that's so good, Darren. I love that you shared that. Well, I figured it would be highly relevant to what we're doing. One, because it connects with Buffalo. Uh, it intersects with my world and Indianapolis Colts uh, land and some of the things that I do. But I'm team neutral now, even though, right, I grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan because we, we didn't have a team in Indianapolis back in the day. Sure. Uh, and and uh, so at the time, it was Steelers. And, and, and what it was, there was a backup quarterback, uh, a backup defensive back playing on that team right by the last name of Dungey, right? <laughs> led, led the team in Super Bowl, led, led the team in interceptions the year they won the Super Bowl. And the, the, the year that he was on the team when they won the Super Bowl, if you extrapolate, I believe it was uh, seven or eight interceptions. If you extrapolate for how much more they throw the ball now, that'd be about 11 or 12 interceptions. That would put him at Pro Bowl caliber uh, DB. Uh, and, you know, you just go, hey, what could have been? So Tony and I have fun thinking about those kind of things. But a remarkable group of people grounded by a remarkable leader, Chuck Knoll, who was teaching things like, you know, champions aren't champions because they do the extraordinary things. They're champions because they do the ordinary things better than anyone else. 
Wow. That's wow. You're like, you know, uh, Tony gained so much wisdom from that. And, and, and of course, he, he learned being, you know, starting quarterback for the University of Minnesota from Cal Stahl up there about what it meant to be an uncommon leader. Uh, but I really think, you know, as we pass along the best of sport, like how do we take that from coach to player and then from player to community? Right through the Jersey effect, which is the little book that I wrote. Uh, how is it that we transfer that knowledge and use our Jersey to have a positive effect on the world around us? And those kind of uh, teaching points, I think, will pay dividends both inside of sports teams, but to the wider audience of, of just sports interested fans and parents and people that want to learn, like, how do we build up the next generation of leaders? Wow. So that's the kind of things that I enjoy. Uh, thinking about and that's why I was so thrilled to come on your program yeah absolutely and, and I love that because that that jersey effect that speaks really to the heart of our mission as a podcast and and you know Noah says all the time that everyone has a story God has impacted everyone everyone has a story to share but everyone's got a different platform as well and so whether you're wearing that jersey or whether you're the coach or whether you go from wearing that jersey to now being a parent to now you're a dad teaching young kids that are playing in Little League. It's everyone has that that platform and how you use that really is is so impactful in so many ways to our community, to our world, communicating God's love. So I love that you shared that. Yeah, if we choose to use it, that's the choice. You know, are we are we gonna take on the ministry of availability? Are we gonna be present? for people? Are we going to prioritize people? I'm not talking about evangelism and discipleship. I'm just saying, are we going to be available? Like when we're in the line at Starbucks, are we going to connect with people? And so difficult to do in the midst of this pandemic now, right? Uh, People are masked up, people are suspect, but I tell you what, if you take time to slow down and prioritize people, understanding that ministry and mission move at the speed of relationship. Mm. And it, it, you can have a kind look with your eyes. Gang, I wear a mask that's got a, a clear piece over the, the face mask so that so that people can, can see me trying to smile, trying to bring a, a positive spirit. And if that's all I do today, just like encourage one person in a line at Starbucks, then man, it was a successful day. But what if I could do that uh, with your help and, and reach hundreds or thousands of people in a day through a podcast like this? Wow. Hey, that is a very, very good day. So thank you, man, for what you're doing to help make a difference and use your jersey effect to have a positive effect on the community around you wow well thank you that's encouraging to us and i i know that what you're doing and your ministry the things that you're part of between the ministries it's, it's incredible and and so for you what is what is it like working alongside tony and what's it like being a friend and what separates tony as a leader as well well i'll start with that uh tony has the superpower of humility wow like there's a lot of people out there that, that, you know, have a lot of superpowers and they can, you know, leap over a building in a single bound and you appreciate that. But Tony's humility and it, how he is in public and in private is the same. 
And so because millions of people across the world have encountered him through his book, starting with Quiet Strength and then Uncommon, and then the whole series of Uncommon and all these children's books, over 20 of them now on the marketplace, and having watched some of those things happen and watched him in the sign lines, how he treats uh, people that have waited for an hour to come see him and get an autograph, he treats each one. Right. With the same respect and, and, and honor. And right. This is important wow. uh, to them as uh, uh, as as he signs or engages with them. And so that's Tony's superpower, in my opinion. But uh, what's it like to work alongside him? Man, he's just one of a network of uh, hundreds of NFL players, coaches and alumni. I've had the good fortune uh, to be able to connect with that work started back in the late nineties through the Indianapolis Colts and some relationships that I had there. And then through an enterprise called all pro dad and all pro dad is an amazing nonprofit uh, just thriving beyond belief down in Tampa, Florida. I commuted there for 11 years, once a month, helping to methodically build out this system. In fact, Buffalo was the very first public all pro dad event. Wow. And, and uh, it's a long story how that happened. It actually predated my time on staff uh, with uh, all pro dad. Uh, but how that came to pass guys is Tony's downline started getting, uh, some traction around the league and I'll name these names, but Leslie Frazier was headed to be defensive coordinator. Then the head coach of Minnesota Vikings, coach Tomlin, uh, was headed to be a rookie head coach of the Steelers. Uh, Herm Edwards was the head coach of the Kansas city chiefs. And, and so these are a lot of folks that had come up through Tony's orbit and uh, were beginning to have positions of influence and favor across the NFL. And so we were able to, uh, uh, in a kingdom way, capitalize on that by running programming in the local market to help plant all pro dad day chapters and run big stadium events and have a lot of uh, uh, really meaningful interactions with fathers and kids uh, uh, in the community. And so that was a great joy. I was able to do that from, you know, 05 until about three years ago. Uh, and when I started working with a national nonprofit that y'all may be familiar with, but called Athletes in Action, which is a, a missional outreach of Campus Crusade for Christ, now crew, uh, on working on college campuses and with pro athletes all over America. But organizationally, I serve on that executive team, and, and I'm just a minister. I raise up my support for the privilege of being able to go out and minister to the pros who will then minister to people. Wow. Mm. Wow, that's so good. Thank, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. That's so cool to hear about Tony and what it's like to to work with him and some of the impact that you guys have had through All Pro Dad and other ministries as well. That's awesome. So, Darren, as you've mentioned, you work with you know a ton of different leaders in sports and some of the world's finest leaders. Um, Tony Dungey being one that you've mentioned. Sure. Who are a few leaders um, other than Tony that you've worked with that are making a difference for the kingdom? And do you have a story or two to share about any of those? So many. Um, you know, I got an opportunity to lead some trips to Israel where I would bring together a group of NFL players, coaches, and alumni 
and travel to the Holy Land. In fact, I was supposed to be there this week, guys. Oh, wow. And I had a pandemic. And so that trip has been postponed. But, um, you know, one of the, the many, many stories that come to mind is uh, getting to interact with a gentleman by the name of Warwick Dunn. Mm. And, uh, you know, when you take somebody to Israel, it can build a deep and long lasting relationship that affords uh, uh, me the opportunity to create programmatic opportunities to extend the gospel and to help connect with the community. And, you know, works now uh, helped to build nearly 180 homes for single moms wow. across the planet. I mean, think about that through work done charities and work done communities. And I take no credit for that, none, but being a part of that influence stream and then participating, encouraging, praying for uh, 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 guys like work, again, the ministry of availability, and then thinking about what is it that I can do, a simple prayer text praying for you today. Here's a verse. Here's a way to stay connected to Christ. Let's have a call. Let's create an opportunity. Uh, and those are kind of small things uh, that really make a big difference. In other words, the ordinary things that make an extraordinary difference over time when you can help to communicate and inter encounter uh, NFL players, coaches, and alumni that have a great deal of influence. So yeah, I take no credit, guys, uh, but it's been a, a, a really interesting journey and and one that's afforded me a couple of uh, unique opportunities to touch a lot of people yeah and and I, that's so encouraging to hear it's it's a reminder that the small things matter something so small as an encouraging text saying hey this is what god is speaking to me i want to feed this into you and that person goes out you know and work done between the 180 homes and just his nfl career you know, he has a, t a ton of influence. What does John Maxwell say? Leadership is influence. So you're pouring into those guys who are influential leaders. So that is so encouraging to hear. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and I do, I, I mean, you, you talk about Tony Dungy's sort of posture and superpower of humility. And, yeah. and I mean, I know Noah and I, we can see that here with you right now of taking no credit mm -hmm. for all these things, but I want to, you know, just encourage you in saying that, you know, what I've seen is, okay, you know, God, we know God's on this mission to our hurting world, but he's invited you to be a part of that journey, be a part of that. And that takes us saying, yes, that takes us saying yes to God. And, and I can see so clearly that throughout your lifetime, you've said yes in so many ways. And now we can see that impact. And so yeah. is, is it you doing that? No, but it's God working through you, but that can't happen unless we say yes. And we allow God to use us as that vessel. And, and this is for, for all of our listeners as well, that, you know, God has called each and every one of you to a specific place at a specific time. And all you need to do is say yes to God. And the, you know, the, the options and opportunities that God can do through you are really endless. If we can come with that posture and just say, yes, God use me. So I appreciate your humility, but I'm going to humbly brag on you for what you <laughs> have done. You don't have to brag on yourself. You're so. firing us up there. This is great. <laughs> So yeah, we, we really appreciate that. So on your website at darrengray.com, this is a shameless plug for your website for people to check out. <laughs> but on it, it says something that really struck me when I was just doing some research on you and just your website. Um, on your website, it says, if serving is beneath you, 
leading is beyond you. Mm-hmm. What does that statement mean to you? And how do you define leadership? Yeah. Christian ethic says that we've got to put people that are less fortunate than us before us. We've got to find a way to prioritize people. Uh, The last shall be first, the first shall be last. We've got to find ways to do that. And so that quote in a secular way, right, as I bring, think about this as a a ministry leader, if I'm constantly trying to evangelize, right, are people going to listen? And the answer is sometimes, but when I can find a way to latch onto something that brings a, a simple secular message or a sacred message, right, to a secular world in a simple way that says, you know what, if leading right, is beyond, right, it's, if it's beneath you, if you're not willing to, to lean down and, and lean into someone, then really, should you be a leader at all? Mm-hmm. And so I just find ways to uh, think about the phrase serving leader, serving. A lot of people say servant, but I use the word serving as in it's present tense. It's right now. How shall I serve you even today? Uh, How shall you serve me? Mention my website, whatever those things are that we can do. And if both parties are doing that inside of a relationship of reciprocity, boy, then both parties can be leading and we're constantly getting better, working with each other and finding a way to become the best version of ourselves. And that's what I believe leadership does for other people. It helps them to become better. And hey, in so doing, usually the person who is serving also is is learning. And oftentimes uh, there is a benefit to them as well. Oh, good word. Yeah, that, that, that's such a that's such a beautiful example and sort of explanation of leadership. And I, I can't help but think back to Frank Reich that you were talking about at the beginning, where he wasn't the starting quarterback, he wasn't the Jim Kelly on that team, he wasn't the head coach, but he led from the place that he was, and you know that's that you know leading. It's it's that relationship that you have with who you are leading, and it's whether you are being led or you are leading. It's that relationship, and a relationship is a two way street where there has to be give and take both ways, and that's why it's so powerful when you're saying serving leader, where in order to lead you need to serve, and in order mm-hmm. to be le- to be served you need to help lead as well. And it's that two-way street where followers we can't just sit back and say, oh, the leader's going to do it. It's no, we need to be courageous and we need to lead from our position as well. So that, man, that is, that is such a powerful word. Thank you so much for sharing that. We're welcome. And where it gets particularly interesting is in the world of sports, when you've also got to bring a competitive edge, you know, this idea of, you know, domination, right? How is it that I exert myself, especially unless he's a football context, which is the one I know well, but how am I going to do this in a way between the whistles that allows me to create a dominant performance in the three phases of the game and yet still serve my teammates and be cognizant that there is a triune relationship going on on the football field. Mm-hmm. Player, coach, and official. Mm-hmm. 
think about it without an official it's just a backyard playground game and that's good too we can learn and grow but we're not going to learn at the same rate as when there's officials involved and the rules are in place and how do we operate between the whistles with the guidance of officials right the guardrails that really make this interesting now that's where i think we can really begin uh, to learn about ourselves and continue to grow and have a competitive edge and yet do that in a way where we have a high level of self-awareness where we have a high level of self-leadership in other words how am i going to show up again and again uh, and play after play and participate whether I'm on the field or not and uh, this is where I think uh, the, the really differentiated uh, players the, the, the truly great ones have a way of separating themselves uh, uh, when they think about how it is that they're going to be a better uh, player coach or, or official inside of that triune relationship so I think about that way kind of crazy i guess but uh that's sort of uh, uh an opportunity for us to even get better even now thinking about how do you guys respond to that uh no that, that's such a good challenge I, I love that that picture that image it's it's so good so for you darren what what is what does sports ministry mean to you and you know maybe further on that is how have sports changed your life yeah so the the BHAG, uh, you know, the, that big, hairy, audacious goal is to have a Jesus follower on every team, in every sport, in every nation. Mm. Wow. Think about that. Like, how is it that we can just find ways to make sure that every team has a Jesus follower on it? How do we do that? How do we think about ways to uh, leverage relationships, uh, uh, um, find ways to connect in the media like we're doing today, or find ways to partner with other organizations that have a similar mindset? And so I think that's the, the big sports ministry vision. But the practical reality is it starts by before you can minister to the many, you first have to minister to the few. Wow. So how are you going to slow down? Remember, ministry moves at the speed of relationship. How are you going to make sure that you're, you're, you're finding ways to uh, grow, build, encourage uh, a sports-minded person on every team to want to also chase after the Lord. And, uh, that, are, those are the kind of things that I think about. And we at athletes in action spend a lot of time thinking about the accomplishment of that. It'll never be accomplished, uh, but it keeps us motivated and, and moving toward, uh, what it is that Christ has put us on earth for. And as for me, sports is just an amazing way to bump up against other people. Right, just to have a purpose and to to strive for something. In fact, the the root word uh, of the word competition means to strive together. Wow, sort of what we're doing here today, isn't it? We're striving together to make the world a little better place in a sports context around sports media. Uh, but that's what I think sports is about, and. How during that striving do we do we love each other, uh, and do we find ways to extend uh, God's goodness in the middle of that? I think of this as as uh, two Timothy one seven, 
where the Lord didn't put in us a spirit of timidity or fear, but he placed in us, right, this idea that, hey, there's the spirit, there's love, and then there's sound mind. Some of the translations say self-discipline. Like, that not that sort of like sports, self-discipline? Hey, don't we need to love our teammates? And don't we need to do it with a positive spirit or the, the Holy Spirit? Uh, and if we can do all of that, especially in this time uh, of high anxiety and high stress in the midst of the COVID, right? How is it that we can continue to do this without timidity and without fear, uh, uh, by practicing these little things that make a big difference, uh, power, love, and self-discipline. Wow. What a, what a good word. And I think that's a perfect segue into the next question for you. So a second Timothy one seven is, is something I've really heard this week of what not fearing, you know, I, I think it's fear is not of God. We just had, we just had a staff chapel and one of, one of our pastors just talked about that. And it was such a timely word and this is such a timely word too. So what is God teaching you during the year of COVID and really social unrest as well? You know, we are moving headlong into that. Uh, it is a complex uh, time. And in this justice time, I spent the morning uh, working on a justice project with International Justice Mission uh, that many NFL uh, players have begun doing advocacy work for. One of the most notable is um, Ben Watson. Uh, who has begun speaking out and actually leading justice trips to go interact with people that are now move, have moved out of uh, uh, the sex trade uh, and sex trafficking victims and have found ways to uh, now become advocates to speak up and speak out against that. And, you know, when I think about what it is that we're called to do, we've got to be advocates. We've got to uh, uh, be vocal uh, um, about what it is that God has to say about justice, about caring for the less fortunate, about advocating for people that may not have as much as we have. And so for me, being present with that and the thing that we're doing even now as we prepare to move into the Super Bowl season is we're creating some programming where we're bringing together white leaders and black leaders that are going to speak about this topic uh, and begin working on uh, uh, how do we use the media to uh, share that. But I'll give you the best example. Uh, uh, right when uh, some of the unrest began happening in the streets uh, back in March, April timeframe, I took it upon myself each day to call another man of color who played the game of NFL football day after day. I just call the next one. And uh, um, the, the, the questions that I asked and the conversations that I had were really rich, but I'll give you the one fundamental question. Uh, and it was, uh, I'll just use a, a, an example. First round draft pick uh, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, and, and uh, would ask the question, what was it like growing up, Michael? Just be quiet. Just listen to the answer to that. And he said, you know, Darren, have you ever walked in a convenience store, a grocery store, uh, any sort of a store, and wondered if people were watching you thinking that you were going to take something off the shelf that wasn't yours? Yeah. 
And I said, I haven't. Uh, that That's not my day-to-day experience and reality. He said, well, there, there's what it was like in some ways growing up, right? Michael, black man, uh, that, that, that folks don't know that I played a game, right? I don't come in with that halo effect uh, around me, right? They, they, they can sometimes think less of me. So how is it that I become sensitized for that, how I can be more cognizant of what I can do to advocate for men uh, that may have a different skin color uh, than I do, but that God loves uh, so much and that I need to love so much. So uh, that for me was a deep listening exercise and and one that I continue to, to use and encourage, you know, your listeners to think about how is it that they have deep conversations and then really listen not with intent to respond, but with intent to understand. Mm. And uh, that's one little example of how I hope that I've extended a little bit of justice. And then how do I extend that now by telling the stories and becoming an advocate uh, for for men? All men. Man, that's so good. I love that. Just asking to understand, not asking to respond. Oh man, I know that hits that hits me home with um, something that I know that I I can work on and definitely can can seek to be better at. Um, wow, that's that's so good. So, Darren, just as we kind of wrap up here a little bit, how can people find you? Find your book, uh, The Jersey Effect, and how can people support some of the ministries that you're a part of? Yeah, I would love that if people wanted to read the book. And of course, Amazon.com, uh, you can find it, and uh, 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 that, that would be great. Um, but you can find me at DarrenGray.com. Uh, you know, my uh, profile is, is present in a lot of the, the public places like social media, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, uh, I'm known as at AllProDadLeader. I am an all pro dad. I am a leader uh, and I strive to uh, do both of those things as well as I can each day. And so folks will be able to find me. They're welcome to uh, direct message me or there's a, a way to contact me on my website, DarrenGray.com. If folks are inspired to, to give and get involved in any of the NFL ministry strategies that I'm involved in, uh, they're welcome to do that. I say pray, engage or give. So, uh, come on, let's go. Yes, sir. That's oh, a good it. word. So, as we finish up, um, just kind of like a last question that we usually ask. And what's what's fun about your episode is you're the last episode of 2020. Yeah. And so, you're the second to last one. So, we'll, we'll be finishing up just a reflection episode the, the following week. So, for you... Um, do you have any just final remarks and just words of encouragement for our listeners, maybe of the year, maybe a little what of, of what's going on in your life now? I just would love to know. You know, I touched on it a minute ago around listening. Uh, I, I think that's really my word for the year. And God has just made it so clear that sometimes in order to speed up, you first have to slow down and being present in his word, allowing the word of God in the form of the Bible to pour over me on a daily basis, right? Never play before you pray, 
All right, whatever that play that day is, are you going to start the day with prayer? And so I've put in place some simple rituals and guardrails in my life, which really make it before I answer that first text, before I, I make that first call, um, you know, that I'm, I'm in the Word through the Bible app, finding ways to be encouraged in the Spirit and connect uh, uh, with Christ before I go about my day. and Really just listen. And it's, it's amazing what we can learn when we slow down and the fevered pace. I mean, if anything, the pandemic has done, right, it's slowed people down a little bit. Mm. And I hope that that, that sort of uh, really slower pace uh, uh, continues to permeate how it is uh, that we treat each other. And how it is that we continue to be advocates uh, by listening and paying attention uh, to those around us. Maybe the ones that don't get a lot of credit uh, based on what they do. Maybe they're a, a second chair leader. Uh, uh, maybe they're not constantly in uh, the bright, shining light. But, boy, sports ministry, that can go all the way down, right, to elementary school, all right, peewee football, right, begin early, be present, go to your coach. The encouragement for your, for your listeners is go to your coaches, um, invite them. Hey, every chap, every team's not going to have a chaplain the way that an NFL team does, but you can go to your coach and go, Hey, would it, would it be of any value to have a positive word once a week uh, where I came and shared a thought and shared a verse. And you'd be surprised at the number of teams, the number of coaches that would say, Hey, sure. Mm -hmm. uh, they just haven't thought of it. It's not, they don't see that as their calling day to day. Uh, and so you can uh, take it upon yourself uh, to find ways to listen to the needs of teams and then be present uh, for those teams in, in unique ways. And if folks need uh, resources around that, athletesinaction.org has a massive repository of uh, sports ministry resources and ways to be involved and, and connect uh, with your heart for sports uh, and to do it in a way that will honor God uh, and make a difference in the kingdom. We'll, we'll put all those things and we have, we have a blog we just started. So we'll put all those things in our blog and our show notes as well. So those such good resources and such a good word. So Darren, thank you for joining us today. Um, it was such a timely word for a lot that you said today. So thanks for joining us today. It's my pleasure, guys. Thanks for joining us today, Darren. Bjorn, what were some of your thoughts of this impactful conversation that we just had with Darren Gray? Yeah, wow. Um, still trying to really soak it all in. I know there's a lot there to digest. Um, the, the thing that really stuck with me early on in the conversation was him talking about leadership from the second chair. Mm. And he talked about Frank Reich and his time as you know, backup quarterback and just, man, I can't imagine how hard it would be to play that position, knowing that you'll probably never see the field. Mm. Um, and being quarterback is a position of, of leadership. Right. Um, I know for me, you know, I know more about soccer and that's been more of my life in soccer. And I, you know, sort of compare, 
compare that to the life of a backup goalkeeper. It's the mm. same kind of thing where you know they're probably not going to see the field. People don't sub goalkeepers. People don't put in second strings unless right. there's injuries. Um, but just how impactful you can still be from wherever you are, second chair, third chair, when you're not in the spotlight. Mm. Um, I remember that conversation when your dad was on here, mm. and you guys were both talking about that and the power of the backup goalkeeper. That's such a good point. So Yeah, yeah, it, it really is, and that's just knowing your role, knowing your position, knowing what platform, knowing what influence that you do have. And that's something mm. you mentioned is, you know, you talked about influence in this in this podcast and how important that is and impactful. So that was one thing for me that I, I loved because there's places in my life where I'm in the second chair. Mm. There's places where I'm in the first chair, but those places where I'm in the second chair, it's okay. How do I lead from that? Wow. Um, so that was for me. What, what about you, Noah? What was one thing that stuck out to you? Oh, man, so much. Um, I think one, uh, I loved hearing about how Tony Dungy's superpowers humility. Mm. You know, I think that was great to hear. But when he was talking about serving and being a servant-minded leader, and the key word is serving, I-N-G. Not just servant, but serving. It's mm. an ongoing. I thought that was really good. And he said it's, it's active, not passive. Active, not yeah. passive, right? If serving is beyond you, why are you a leader? And I challenge our listeners, if you're not being a serving leader, what what are you doing? Mm. You know, and that's... Well, and I sort of... I, I, sorry to... You know, no, you're good. There, I, I sort of attribute it to people can have positional power, mm. but influence that you mentioned in that episode that makes that difference where I could have positional power mm. but I may not have influence as a leader if I'm not willing to serve right you know and we, we see that I'm sure we've all had leaders that they may be our boss but if they're not willing to serve if they're not willing to listen they don't have that influence that they could have so if bad. they were able to and and I loved how he's talking about just the little things that he does with his players like sending a bible verse to work done you know, and, and work done goes out and influences all these different people. He's investing into the people. And I love that. I, th- I think for, for us, especially those who are in vocational ministry, church ministry, you never know what you invest into one person does. Mm. The discipleship model of Jesus invested in 12 and the 12 went out across the world, you know. And here we are today. And here we are today. <laughs> you know, the, the message of Christianity is out and, and about and it's so good. Um, another thing that really stuck out with me were the C's of in the beginning of, of leadership and he really got that from Frank Reich and Frank Reich's a legend in Buffalo uh, and for him he's a legend in Indianapolis too but I, I just want to read him off to you guys one more time it's consistency character courage confidence commitment compassion and competence mm. and I would challenge our listeners to as you've heard those C's it may be a lot to take in at first because there's a lot there. There's a, a, a lot, 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 <laughs> lot there. But just think about one, whether it's one that you do well or whether it's one that maybe you're not so good at. Hmm. How can you be better? Or if it's something you're good at, how can you really perfect that? How can you really hone that in to be part of who you are as a leader? Wow. Let's just let's just take one and start there. And if we can make a difference there, then maybe next week or maybe next year, however long it takes, then we can take another C and we can try to develop that. And with the people you're mentoring, which I believe strongly that not only do we need to have people that are our Timothy, people that we are mentoring, that we are pouring into, well, we need to be the Timothy to somebody else. We need to have people that are mentoring and pouring into us. Mm. So not only 
only developing that within ourselves, but also seeking to, you know, speak truth and life into others and to call their C's, their, their, their capabilities. There's another C, you know, their capabilities to do that, um, to encourage them. Because for me, there may be things in my life that, you know, I didn't, I didn't know I was a leader until I had leaders tell me you have leadership qualities. Mm. And, And it was in that moment where I said, Oh, yeah. And so we have that power and influence to speak life and truth into others. Bjorn, for you, which C is really resonating with you in this season and that you really want to work and invest in? Mm. I think for me it's consistency. Mm. Where nothing in this world has been consistent. Mm. Where we're in person, we're not in person. We're doing these programs, we're not doing these programs. We're wearing a mask, we're not wearing a mask. Wow. Life's not consistent, but... I can be consistent with those that I'm in relationship with, Mm. you know, and and it's whether it's, I'm going to see them in person every week or okay. Programs are shut down. Well, I can at least give them a call every week or shoot them a text like Darren talked about. And that brings me to the other thing that I took away from this is, is Darren said ministry and mission move at the speed of relationship. Amen. And so if I'm not consistent with my relationship with others, with those that I'm pouring into or those that God have put in my life, then the ministry and mission are going to move very, very slowly. So for you, no, I want to reverse the question back at you. <laughs> Which one of those C's is kind of resonating with you or, mm. or that you sort of was thinking about the most during that? I think two. I, I think you hit on No, one. no, I said one. <laughs> <laughs> Consistency for sure, mm. especially with time with the Lord. Like he was talking yeah, about that's that. that's so good. It, he was talking about that before. And if we're not investing into our relationship with Christ first, mm-hmm. it's so essential. And, and that was something that he talked about earlier. Um needs to be fundamental and that's I know for me I'm not always perfect at that and that's it's that's oh this is what he said he said pray before you play mm. and for me that's such a good reminder yeah. if I'm not praying before I'm going out what yeah. that's and play for our listeners that's not just on the soccer field on the right. basketball court play is life <laughs> amen right? it's yeah. before you play before you live before you breathe before you do anything that is right. what he means by play sorry go on no yeah and I, I I would say, I'm sorry, I'm doing the second one. Yeah. I'm doing what I'm not supposed to. Uh, <laughs> I think confidence is another one, mm. especially with what we've been doing with the sweat room, with sports ministry. There's so much we don't know, but I, I am confident in the hope of what, what we have in God. We, mm. It's a reminder that James talks about, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We, do, we have no idea, but it's it's a daily commitment. I have, confident, I have confidence in Christ. I have mm. confidence in the hope of the cross and the gospel. I can have hope in that, but Amen. I can't. I can't always you know be confident in what the world has sure and we sure. shouldn't be doing that and i love that that was yeah. that man that, that is so good and that brings me to my second c <laughs> you shared two so i'll get to share two right, yeah, there for, you go. for me my second c and this is one that i struggle i think consistency is one that i recognized early on hmm. that i needed to be better at and i have been working at that the one that i have not been good at has been competence. Mm-hmm. Now, now it ties into confidence because I'm not confident in my competence, mm-hmm. but I have been really discouraged at my competency of what I am able to do. And, and I've had people speak so much truth and love into my life saying, Bjorn, God has equipped you for what he has called you to do at this present time. Wow. And, and I have needed to hear that because there's some days that I wake up and again, I don't pray before I play. I start playing <laughs> and I realize that, man, I can't do this. Right. 
that's when I know that I'm in the heart of God's will for me hmm. is when I wake up and I say, I can't do this because I cannot, Absolutely. but with God, I can do it. And it's not, it's not in my power that I can accomplish these dreams that I have, hmm. but it's through God's power through me that we can accomplish some of that and we can get on that right path. And so that for me is something that I still am working on is, is being confident in my competence, being confident that I am a child of God and God has uniquely and powerfully made me to be a warrior in his kingdom. Mm, that's such a good one. And, and even what Darren said at the end, he said, to speed up, you first have to slow down. Mm. And wow, that, mm. well, <laughs> that and, will smack you in the face. <laughs> and something that I, I read just a little bit ago, and I'm I'm blanking on the book I read it in, and I'm probably going to misquote this, but I'm going I'm to work on it. <laughs> He's here. going for it. it. It's, it's something along the lines of we think we can accomplish way more in the short term. We, we, oh, here it is. Here it is. I got it. He's got we, it. We underestimate. We, we, hold on. We overestimate <laughs> what we can accomplish in the short term, mm. and we underestimate what we can accomplish in the long term. Wow. Where we think of today and we think of this week, and we th- say, oh, I want to do this, 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 and this, and it's too much, and we can't do it all. Mm. But if we look at our year plan or our five-year plan, we're dreaming way too small wow. and we underestimate what God can accomplish through us. So there I ran a roundabout way, get into that quote, but I uh, think I got there. No, that's so good. And I just heard a good quote that was the other day from it's, it's mistaken me from right now, but I, I just heard a quote just like that. And actually it was from, it was from Einstein and it was like, if he's you're, a smart guy, he's a smart guy. And it, he was just talking about if your dream is too big, you're not dreaming big enough. Mm. And I'm, oh my God, oh geez. So if you guys are not writing down some notes from this podcast, you got to do it. You got to do it. Not not from us, but from Darren. He's got so many wise words. And the last thing that I will leave you with, and this is something Darren talked about, is living a life of ministry availability. Mm. Having your ministry be availability. And he mentioned, even when you're in line at Starbucks. Now, if you're in Western New York listening, let's insert Tim Hortons. (laughs) Not many of us go to Starbucks, but if you're in line at Tim Hortons, how can you be available? to those around you available to the Holy Spirit prompting on your heart to maybe pay for that person's drink or maybe say, Hey, I love your glasses or, or whatever it may be is being available to be used. Mm. Because so often we don't see how God works in our lives because we're not available to let him use us. Mm. And so be available. Thanks Darren for joining us today. And next week, everybody, we're going to be, Closing out with Bjorn and I, we'll be doing 2020 in review. We'll be reviewing our favorite episodes and reflecting on our mission, vision, and just some incredible things that have happened this year and just talking about what's to come for the Sweat Room as well. So we're just so thankful for you as the listener. Thanks for listening to the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you'd like to stay connected with us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Watermark Sports, on Twitter at Sweat Room Pod, and our new blog at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. Until next time, get it, got it, and give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. 